1: good morning everyone our first reading this morning is taken from the book of Psalms, psalm 1 and i'm reading from the niv version psalm 1 blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the lord and who meditates on his law day and night Our second reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 1, beginning at verse 12 to 17, and then skipping slightly forward to 21 to the end. So, Acts 1, verse 12 Matthias chosen to replace Judas. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scriptures had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. Verse 21, therefore it is necessary to choose one of the men who had been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us for one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Bar Sabbath, also known as Justus, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the 11 apostles. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Well, good morning. Shall we pray together? Father God, we thank you for your word. As we look at this passage, plead would you speak to us and meet with us by your Holy Spirit that same Holy Spirit who came upon Jesus in the form of a dove. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in these last few weeks in the morning services, we've been hearing about life after Pentecost and some of the Acts of the Apostles, what they did. So this week we're going back to before Pentecost And then looking at actual Pentecost next week, which felt a bit like, you know, watching a trailer for a film, and then you've got to go back to the beginning and start it all over again. So this week, we join the disciples in the upper room, an upper room, not necessarily the same one they were in before, and they're obediently praying and they're waiting as instructed by Jesus for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And it occurred to me, it's a bit like when actors have to wait, you know, before they go on stage and they wait in this green room. Um, I've never been in one. I don't know if they're actually green. But it's almost as if um, Jesus, the director, has said, right, just go and wait there. And then he's disappeared. So they're waiting and they're praying. They don't have a script for what's gonna happen next. Perhaps it's a bit like actors waiting for an improvised performance. But there's no plan B. But they trust Jesus, and so they wait. There's a problem, though. One of the key actors, as it were, Judas, is no longer there. And looking back, perhaps they can see some signs he was not fully committed to Jesus' way of doing things. And he's left the company. They could talk for ages about why he's left, what happened. But it is what it is. There's a big gap. There's no understudy. And I see Judas's absence as the elephant in that room. This is how I imagine it. There were supposed to be 12 key players, reminiscent of the 12 tribes of Israel. And now there are only 11. They're praying and praying and waiting and waiting. Maybe there were murmurs from the hundred and twenty about who would step up. Of course, now Jesus isn't there, it perhaps takes a while for Peter to realize that this is the moment he's got to step into that role that Jesus told him he'd do. Did he have a poke from some of the other disciples? I like to imagine that, a bit of encouragement. So Peter stands up, and he speaks about what some of the others may have been muttering about. What do we do with this gap left by Judas? Peter's probably been thinking and praying about it for a while. And he does what he'd seen Jesus do. He turns to Scripture. He turns to the Psalms. And the end of verse 20, it wasn't actually part of the reading, he says, he quotes a psalm, may another take his place of leadership. And this is what is needed. They need someone to fill the gap, to step into that role, to do the job the apostles have been called to do, to become witnesses with the other apostles of Jesus' resurrection. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that Jesus actually appeared to more than 500 at one time after his resurrection. So there were others who could testify of that event. But what is needed is someone who knew Jesus, was with them all from the beginning, and saw how Jesus did things. There are two candidates. There's one guy with multiple names joseph barsabas justice and matthias who in comparison seems rather straightforward and after the speech peter prays and his prayer is significant especially considering what's happened with judas lord you know everyone's heart show us which of these two you have chosen. And then they cast lots. And this is the last time we know of that they will do this. This was the old way of making decisions, the way they were used to, the way that had been used throughout the history of the Jewish people. And in the rest of Acts, we'll see reference to the direction of the Holy Spirit. But that's for later. So let's look at Peter's prayer And the one chosen to take Judas's place. As Peter prayed so truthfully, God knows everyone's heart and God knew Matthias's heart. There was something in his heart that made him right for that job. But we know virtually nothing about what he did or him as a person. He left no writings, and he's not mentioned again. If we were in the Catholic tradition, he's known as the patron saint of alcoholics, um, and he has a feast day on the 14th of May. Those of you who have read the Rome Williams book, Candles in the Dark, might remember a reflection about Messiahs written for May the 14th. And in this, Rome Williams suggests that maybe... All Matthias ever ever did was to keep up an undramatic routine of kindness, attentiveness, and a willingness to put one foot in front of the other. Let's not underestimate this. We can probably all think of times when what we needed was kindness. Or someone to turn up. Matthias may have been that type of person, sort of the earth. Someone who didn't make a big fuss, but blessed many people along the way. And as we don't know otherwise, we must assume that he did his job, that he testified to the resurrection. He may not have been a charismatic figure. But he was vital nevertheless. And the other significant thing is that he wasn't Judas. In short, he was trustworthy. He was faithful. Even if perhaps he wasn't a headline act. On that day, he was chosen because God knows hearts. He was the right one for that position and he is still remembered for the role that he stepped into. What about us? I wonder what type of person we feel we are. How are we feeling about what we're doing, our role? Are we wondering whether we're doing a good job? Just as that company of actors in the green room needed that extra person maybe we need to be reminded that we are needed there are no spare parts in God's kingdom and we don't all need to be Peter or indeed Paul the real firecracker of Acts can you imagine if there had been more than one of him turning up and being faithful is of great value to the people around us and to God and if any of us are feeling that we are not doing a great job I think God may want to remind us that he loves us as we are and he also sees our hearts he sees the things we're doing no one else sees the attempts to forgive those who wrong us, to be kind to our neighbors, to pray for our friends, to support those who need a bit of encouragement, the choice to try and love and worship him in the face of personal suffering. He sees all that. It's like a sacrifice of worship to him but also know that just by loving god by loving jesus we are being witnesses to the resurrection and as christians here in durham we've got the same calling that the disciples had to be witnesses to the resurrection to share the good news and to make disciples now i don't know about you But I, personally, am so aware that I cannot do this on my own. In fact, honest, I feel like I can't do much on my own. I find myself getting anxious, I lose perspective, I get worn out. But the really great news is we don't have to do it on our own. In fact, we're not supposed to do it on our own because we cannot do it on our own. Acts one, the end of this reading, was not the end of the story for Matthias or for the rest of the disciples. Plan A was to wait for the Holy Spirit. There was no plan B. I wonder what the disciples were thinking as they waited and prayed in that room. Were they nervous? Were they excited? Were they impatient? What were they expecting? I suggest that in their years with Jesus, these disciples had come to respect and to love him. And as time went on to put their faith in him as God's Messiah. And when he went, when he ascended, they missed him. I imagine they may have felt bereft. They were praying, they were waiting in that room together because they'd been told to, yes but also because the Holy Spirit was the same Holy Spirit that had been in Jesus. Jesus had said it was better for them if he went because God would send the counsellor. He would be their comforter, their encourager, as well as giving them power. They'd seen what Jesus was like, what he did when filled with the Holy Spirit. And they wanted that they knew their own weakness they wanted encounter with God because they trusted Jesus and they knew he would only send something good this was plan A there was no plan B trusting and waiting was their only option Last week, Claire was speaking to us about the way the Gentiles encountered God through the Holy Spirit and encouraging us to seek encounter with God. And we might wonder, what what does this look like? At this point, I've got some more words from Justin Welby, our Archbishop of Canterbury, which I think are really helpful. On Thursday, Justin introduced the Thy Kingdom Come Prayer movement on the daily prayer app which is called Lectios 365 which I've been using and in it he called the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Jesus. It's he who makes Jesus known to us but has already made Jesus known to us. As Justin also said it's the Holy Spirit who empowers us to be effective witnesses for Jesus. He is already with us. All we're doing is asking for more of him. As part of Thy Kingdom Come, we're being encouraged, as Claire said, to pray for five people. Can I encourage us in advance of Pentecost, which is next week, to add ourselves to the list too? And to ask God to fill us anew with his Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, so that we can know more of his love and we can also share this love. Whether we feel that we're a Peter, we're a Matthias, we're a Paul, or someone whose name is not even mentioned. Wherever we're at, God knows our hearts. He loves us, and the plan is still the same. Shall we pray together? I'm going to use a prayer based on what Justin Welby used in that same reflection on Thursday. Father God, we come to you We thank you that you love us and you know our hearts. Thank you for your plan to send the Holy Spirit to be with us, whoever we are. Jesus, just as you breathed on your disciples and gave them the gift of the Holy Spirit, would you breathe on us again? In the quiet of this moment, we receive your spirit. Please empower us by your spirit and give us all that we need to be your witnesses. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Nick's Durham Podcast. If you would like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about St. Nick's, visit our website at stnicks.org.uk.